from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is the national news for week commencing July 23, 2017. Not just the WIA news, but the WIA news. Presented by Aussies for Aussie ham radio operators. Sad news in from Sue Graham via VK4 Zulu Zulu is that Ron Graham, VK4 BRG, one of the forefathers of ARDF, Satellite DX and APRS in Australia, has gone silent key. We'll look at Ron's contribution to VK Ham and Rescue Radio shortly. On the social scene this weekend is seen the 22nd, the Great Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest, and also the Caboolture Hamfest. And the one for your future diary, check this corrected date, February 25 for the Wyong Field Day. And in our text-only edition, a fascinating in-depth rescue radio section, where radio hams help the abandoned elderly and abandoned bikes. Along with spectrum pollution and intruders putting urban radio in doubt, this by IARU Region 1 President Don G3BJ, speaking at the Ham Radio 2017 conference, Friedrich Schaffen, and of course, our text edition can be obtained early when you register for the WIA RSS podcast feed. Around the world flight strikes more problems. WIA rebroadcaster Mike VK8MA alerted us to new problems with the Project Amelia Earhart flight. Brian Lloyd, WB6RQN, had spent a week in New Zealand to rest and have the aircraft's HF ham radio and a magneto fixed. On July 15, Brian, WB6RQN, took off from Hamilton in what he described as good weather and a tailwind, gaining an altitude of 21,000 feet, headed to Pago Pago in American Samoa. Then, well, let Amateur Radio Newsline's Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, pick up the story in this CUSO with our intrepid aviator. Greetings from Hamilton, New Zealand, where it's, I think, about 10 degrees Celsius, that is. The sun has just come up, and it looks like another beautiful day. I wish I was flying. That's right. Brian can explain why he's on the ground. A couple of days ago, I departed from New Zealand heading for Pago Pago. I got out over the Pacific Ocean about 50 or so nautical miles north of Great Barrier Island, which is just off the North Island of New Zealand. And my engine began to uh, have problems. In fact, I got the airplane turned around and headed back to New Zealand. The engine actually quit several times on the way back. It wasn't exactly clear that I was going to make it back, and there was a good chance that I was going to go swimming. By adjusting the electric fuel pump, the throttle, and the mixture control, Brian was able to make it back to New Zealand. There were, there were some moments there where I was a little concerned, but it all turned out okay. It has been an absolutely amazing experience. I've gone through some 20 countries now. Everyone everywhere has been just fantastic and supportive and helpful. Practically everywhere I've gone, either a ham or an aviation person has put me up in their home. It's just been great. Using his onboard HF rig, Brian was able to make ham contacts during the first part of his flight. Flying an airplane with a notepad on your lap and trying to take down calls and write down the time so that you can enter it into the log later is kind of a challenge. 
but he had some problems with his HF radio and ended up getting it replaced. Now he's once again on the air and hopes to make ham contacts on his Pacific leg of the trip. If I can get the fuel pump and the engine fixed in the next, I'd say, three days, there's a good chance I can still make it to Oshkosh. I don't think there's much chance of making it to Oshkosh on the first day as I had planned. The bottom line, though, is in this order, safety, security, and schedule. After all, it's all about completing Amelia Earhart's flight, and yes, it would be nice icing on the cake if I could do it at Oshkosh, but just completing it all is a significant uh, achievement uh, from my point of view. Reporting for Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0 DGY. Thanks, Kent. Brian, WB6RQN, the 62-year-old Texan, will drop a floral wreath in respect on Howland Island, where the Earhart flight disappeared in 1937. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Greetings from David Ford, VK4, Mike Zulu. As we near the end of the first 60 days since the annual general meeting and our first 60 days as a new board, we've experienced a lot. Today, I would like to make a few announcements and talk about what I call the WIA's four steps to success. Those steps are step one, understand and maintain. Step two, Build capability and get ready for change. Step three, build a roadmap for success. Step four, achieve. Let's talk about those steps in more detail. Step one, understand and maintain. In the 60 days since the AGM, I've by far spent more time with clubs where I'm not a member than with my home club in Redcliffe in Queensland. Over that time, I've had the absolute fortune of being able to present awards to amateurs with decades of experience supporting the hobby, much more than I. I've heard and discussed challenges. I've spent many hours and days hearing about the strengths, weaknesses and opportunities for individuals, clubs and the industry. I've spoken to commercial entities that support Hamfests and the hobby. I've heard concerns. I've heard opportunities for improvement and I've heard what the WIA should keep on doing. Within those 60 days, the board has been holding its responsibility to ensure that the business as usual activities of the WIA do not falter and that the wheels of the WIA keep on turning. Yes, There are opportunities for improvement and opportunities to take the organisation to the next level. We're getting ready to address them. So, the wheels are still turning, but what's next? Business journals talk of the critical nature of organisational transition in the first 90 days. While the board has been listening and guiding the WIA's wheels to still turn, we've been setting up the building blocks for our next steps. On to step two, build capability and get ready for change. The idea of doing something for free and volunteering to many might sound strange, We orient ourselves on success and profit, people possessing honed professional skills and being able to sell these skills. However, the value of volunteering strongly depends on how you look at it. For instance, volunteering is one of the greatest examples of how a job can pay off not with just money. If you can work with a team of volunteers and help them discover a love for what they do without money, you know you're doing well. I've been lucky enough to coach a few people through their careers and volunteering is the advice that I give to many. Volunteering is how my career started and it has been a catalyst in driving my career shifts. Although it may sound paradoxical, volunteering is one of the easiest ways to build a career. After graduating, many get stuck trying to find work but needing work experience. Statistics show that 73% of employers would prefer to hire a person with volunteering experience in their chosen field. 94% of employers share the belief that volunteering helps potential employees obtain new skills and diversifies their abilities. 
In addition, 94% of people who were hired after a volunteering experience say volunteering aided them in getting their job or benefited them in other ways, such as quicker promotion, salary increases, or obtaining new skills. Having relevant work experience obtained during volunteering and specifying it in your CV can be a kickstarter for your career, because nowadays, more and more employers tend to count volunteering almost as valuable as actual work experience. So... If you still think you don't have time to volunteer because you need to look for a job or because volunteering could be a nuisance to your ability to grow your career, you might want to reconsider. If you want to demonstrate responsibility, compassion and how one person can make a difference by personally participating or working as a team in solving problems, you should volunteer. Of course, through volunteering, you can find a lot of useful contacts, resources and activities for your whole family. Interestingly, volunteering is good for you. A recent study of more than 600 volunteers found that in most age groups, 63% of people said that volunteering reduced their stress levels, and about 48% of those who volunteered during the last two years felt relief in terms of finding a purpose and that volunteering assisted their overall mental health. Volunteering is also a great opportunity to accelerate your career or become recognised for your achievements and knowledge. It is an opportunity to give back and see the good that you can do for the community. It is an opportunity for many to leave a legacy. The WIA is mostly a volunteer organisation. Many of the activities and services we want to provide rely on committees and volunteers. The capability of the WIA to move forward rests in its ability to attract, reward and recognise volunteers. Without volunteers, we can't move forward. The WIA needs you. Today. It is my profound pleasure to announce that in partnership with volunteer.com.au, we launch an open, inclusive and transparent volunteer recruitment process. By the time you hear or read this news, five new positions for the Strategic Advisory Committee have been advertised publicly. The advertisements will be in place until the Strategic Advisory Committee has a full complement of seven members, and that is five new positions joining Brian Clark and myself on the committee. In future, should there be any vacancies for the Strategic Advisory Committee, then positions will be re-advertised in an open, inviting and inclusive manner. But that's not all. In addition to the Strategic Advisory Committee, a Privacy and Complaints Officer position is also available. If you would like to build your experience or you have significant experience in leading compliance agendas and would like to be recognised for your excellence, then register your interest today. You will be able to find WIA volunteering opportunities via the WIA's website, the WIA's brand new Facebook page, I like it, and you should too, and both the WIA website and the Facebook page will direct you to the WIA's new presence on volunteer.com.au where you can register your interest in a volunteer position. Keep an eye on the WIA website, its Facebook page, and volunteer.com.au as more opportunities will be advertised in the coming weeks. So as we build the capability of the organisation and, in turn, have teams of specialised volunteers standing by, then what? Well, that takes us on to step three of transition – building a roadmap for success. And it's happening soon. Next week, the board will begin internally trialling a survey which will help guide the WIA's product mix. This is the mix of products and services that WIA will offer going into the future. On the 6th of August, the survey will be made available publicly. With the formation of the Strategic Advisory Committee, the capability build-up from Step 2, and the results of the product mix survey, along with other ongoing consultation work, we build our roadmap and form our strategic direction. And in step four, achieve, we bring it all together. With our newfound capability, our strategic direction, our opportunities in front of us, our threats mitigated, and a strong and capable organization at the ready, we achieve. So that's a transition process summarized in four steps. 
What comes next is up to you to shape. Enjoy the journey and register your interest in volunteering whenever you can. This has been David Ford, VK4 Mike Zulu, the Institute's Vice President. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. Silent key, VK4BRG. Victor Kilo 4, Bravo, Romeo, Golf. Ron Graham. He'd manufactured EPIRB detectors that worked, were simple and easy to operate. He made many units, including the 243 MHz versions, military distress frequency, that were also used on standard 121.5 MHz EPIRBs. He also made units that worked on practice frequencies, close to the distress frequencies, for use as training aids. One local VK4 used one of his smaller 243 MHz models to find two guys in the water at night out of the Capricorn coast, this October 1997, after all other daylight attempts had failed. They'd lost all hope of rescue when darkness fell. He saved their lives thanks to Ron Graham's unit. His units were also tested as working satisfactorily out of high-winged aircraft in South Australia when the floppy antenna extensions were strengthened. Aim the antenna out of the open door from inside the aircraft and fly in a circle. Simples. VK4BRG made antennas that were used as standard-issue portable locators for ACA and the New South Wales Water Police teams in Sydney at the Olympic Games in 2000, where they proved their value. Once proved, Ron's locators became standard-issue in search-and-rescue operations Australia-wide. He spent time on communications work in the Southwest Pacific communities, where he became interested in other practical, useful applications of his hobby. Ron worked in technical design, install and maintenance in the southwest Pacific, New Guinea and northern Australia for many firms before settling down a bit south of Serena, central Queensland, in the mid-1980s. It was here that Ron got serious with his love for long-distance radio and set a long-path distance record with a confirmed contact with station 5H1HK in Zanzibar, this on 6 metres, a distance of 28,264 kilometres, a contact made in April 1989 that still stands today unbeaten as a Queensland state record. Ron also ran a packet radio bulletin board system and was one of the first system operators to adopt the QNews Teletext system, an information page system a bit like Teletext, but a bit more flexible. One of life's good guys, Vale, Ron Graham, Victor Kilo 4, Bravo, Romeo, Golf. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Golf Bravo 5, Romeo, Charlie, live from the Ross Revenge, home of Radio Caroline. On Thursday, the 3rd of August 2017, the Martello Tower Group will again be operating Golf Bravo 5 Romeo Charlie, where the Romeo Charlie stands for Radio Caroline, from the MV Ross Revenge moored in the Blackberry Estuary near Bradwell-on-Sea, Essex. This special event is to celebrate 50 years of offshore broadcasting, and what better place to operate than from the home of the world-famous Radio Caroline. Battery-free mobile phone. University of Washington engineers have presented the first battery-free design that consumes only a few microwatts of power. The new design can sense speech, actuate the earphones, and switch between uplink and downlink communications all in real time. 
The system, developed by researchers from the Allen School of Computer Science and Engineering and the UW Department of Electrical Engineering, optimises transmission and reception of speech while simultaneously harvesting power, which enables the battery-free cell phone to operate continuously. WWV changes. WWV. All the time. All the time. The resurrected 25 MHz signal of time and frequency standard station, WWV, is now radiating a 2 kW signal from a circularly polarised turnstile antenna. It's hoped that the change to circular polarisation will be helpful to anyone studying propagation during next month's total solar eclipse, which will be visible across the US. WWV has invited listeners' comments and reports on its 25 MHz signal by email to wwv at nist.gov. WWV, for the time of your life. We hear that our Australian government are about to look at implementing location-finding facilities on triple-O calls. Lives have already been saved by a new system for emergency mobile phone calls in New Zealand. The system provides emergency services with the probable location of the caller when they make contact via mobile phone. Since the system was introduced, more than 145,000 genuine emergency calls have been made. Around 20% of these calls involved operators using the system to help them get more accurate information about a caller's location. Ofcom published 5.7 GHz Wi-Fi spec. Ofcom have issued a statement confirming the technical parameters for the extension of Wi-Fi in the 5.7 GHz amateur band. Following extensive inputs, the RSGB welcomes the conservative approach that Ofcom are taking and look forward to this being properly enforced. The new regulations are effective from the 7th of August. The Amateur Radio Parity Act of 2017 was introduced in the US Senate on July 12, marking another step forward for this landmark legislation. The measure will, for the first time, guarantee all radio amateurs living in deed-restricted communities, governed by a homeowners association or subject to private land use regulations, the right to erect and maintain effective outdoor antennas at their homes. In a statement, ARRL said it looks forward to working with the bipartisan leadership of the Senate and the Commerce Committee to help move the legislation through the Senate and to President Trump's desk. Steptoe and Son move over. Scrap dealer finds Apollo-era NASA computers in dead engineers' basement, plus hundreds of mystery tapes from Pioneer and Helios probe missions. Most of the tapes are unmarked, but the majority of the rest appear to be instrumentation reels, for Pioneer 10 and Pioneer 11, NASA's flyby missions to Jupiter and Saturn. The two computers are so heavy that a crane was used to move the machines. At some point in the early 1970s, an IBM engineer working for NASA at the height of the space race took home the computers and the mysterious tape reels. A scrap dealer, invited to clean out the deceased's electronics-filled basement, discovered the computers. The devices were clearly labelled NASA property, so the dealer called NASA to report the find. In Sydney, for WIA National News, I'm Jason VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News. It's Contact Sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017. January 1, December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. 10 International Summer Contest, August 5 and 6. 
VK1 Winter Cell QSO Party takes place August 6, 2017, 9am to 11.30am. WIA's flagship contest Remembrance Day contest 12th and 13th of August. August 1920, IWRW the third full weekend in August since 1998. August 26, Alara contest start time 1600 hours. This is a 24 hour contest for YLs. The 37th Alara contest will be held on August 26th and 27th. The rules are unchanged from last year and are available on the Alara website. This is a relaxed contest, the aim of which is to encourage more YLs to get on air. If you've never contested, this is an easy one to get involved in. Don't be afraid to ask a more experienced operator to mentor you. The special event station, VI4 Alara, will be on for the contest to encourage contacts but will not be eligible for any prizes. The contacts from the contest can also be used to claim the Alara Award. Mike VK3 Alpha Victor Victor updated his popular VK contest log program to accommodate the rules last year. Please make sure you have the most up-to-date version just prior to the contest. No matter if it's a contest or working DX, sometimes your logging program may not accept an entry. This could be the program is smarter than we average hams, or not. As always, because you never know, work first, worry later. WFWL Want to be careful of explaining this note from the OPDX group. We are not part of Russia. In an OPDX report via Southgate Radio News, we learn from Amuga Kordazilgia, 4L2M, President of the National Association of Radio Amateurs of Georgia. Abkhazia is the Georgian territory occupied by Russia. From this territory, Russian radio amateurs are using Russian prefixes. By Georgian rules, all these stations are without permits and they are pirate stations. Russian call signs must stop from the Georgia territory. We are very opposed to the uses of Russian call signs from Georgian territory, he said, and went on to explain. The Georgian Republic prefix of 4L has been in effect since August 1, 1994. Abhazia is not part of Russia, and therefore cannot count as Russia for DXCC. DXCC country entered the report. According to the Amateur Radio Cluster Network, for the week of Sunday, July 9, through Sunday, 16 July, there were 210 countries active. They range from 3A to ZS8 calls. Monaco, Monte Carlo, to Marin and Prince Edward Island. Until the end of September, VK4 Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club is operating special event call sign VI4SC50 to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the official naming of the Sunshine Coast on the 1st of August 1967 and is proudly supported by the Sunshine Coast Regional Council with a grant of $1,250 to go towards expenses such as cure cells and certificates, etc. Again, that's VI4SC50. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au VK8MA VK8MA VK8GMA Thank you Well that sounds like this could be the Media Watch section A note about callbacks Some of our automated rebroadcast stations also automate the callback session After the news when callbacks are taken a tape runs for a short time and collects your call then forwards them to nationalnews at wia.org.au. A clever way of showing us just who is listening, and it's designed by Mike, VK8MA. VK2 Whiskey Uniform. 
now three miles off. 3K2K double check. 3K2K and 3. 3K2, let's see how Amateur Radio Magazine for August. On its cover is being portable, and inside Liz VK2XSE reports being at a nature reserve. There is still talking about the WIA annual general meeting at Handoff, and there are two more reports from it. There are the WIA Merit Awards and the Wallace Men and Women at War Book launch. In other articles, Mick VK2BSE discusses aircraft reflection and there's a simple 40-metre CW rig by Peter VK3YE. An essay from Steve VK3VM is on the behaviours in amateur radio. There are numerous special interests and regional columns too. The contester of the month is Doug VK4ADC, who has been on the air for 50 years. Amateur Radio Magazine is the journal of the Wallace Institute of Australia and a membership service. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3, Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Tasmania, it can be heard on repeaters right around the state on 2 metres and 70 centimetres at 0900 on Sundays and repeated at 2,000 hours on Tuesdays on VK7RTC in the south and VK7RAA in the north. I'm Mike, VK7 Foxtrot Bravo. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, Station Fit for a Queen, Mary. A group of YLs in California known as Ladies of the Net, KM6CIR, are celebrating their recent success aboard the Queen Mary W6RO, operating from the vessel's radio room. They didn't just make contacts there early this month, but these out-of-towners who came on board to operate were able to stay for two days on the onboard hotel. Tina KK6KSY told our sister news service, Amateur Radio Newsline, the experience was a challenge managing the pile-ups, especially since a large foghorn nearby went off regularly four times a day at three-hour intervals. Alara News Editor K. Wright, VK3FKDW, writing in that group's latest newsletter, points out an easy way to work the Alara Conference Station. It's on IRLP node 9509 YL First and third Saturdays of the month at 2100 hours UTC, and net control is Anne, ZL3TNT. So it's early Sunday morning for we here in Australia. In other Alara news, our editor of the news, Graham, VK4 Baker Baker, has been in contact with Lynn Battle, VK4 SWE, to organise another Alara group presentation of the WIA National News to help celebrate Alara's birthday and the Alara contest. It's been a while since we heard from all the ladies, so this should be a good one. And now it's to the plumber's delight, VHF and above. In a draft report, the FCC is proposing to lift a nearly two-decade-old suspension of amateur radio access to the 76 to 77 gigahertz band, giving the amateur and amateur satellite services access to the full 76 to 81 gigahertz band on a secondary basis. 
The FCC also reduced amateur radio's status from primary to secondary in the 77 to 77.5 gigahertz segment to match the rest of the 76 to 81 gigahertz band, and it imposed a uniform power limit level for users of the band. The draft report and order concludes that amateur radio and vehicular radars will be able to successfully share the millimetre wave band with minor adjustments in the amateur service rules. Today's microwaves may be tomorrow's umbrella. For a long time it's been known that certain microwave frequencies, rain or cloud droplets, will absorb radiation or attenuate the radio path. Jim Linton, VK3PC, says that this absorption may have new applications in reporting rainfall. The thinking is that with the 5G or 5th generation mobile smartphones, absorption could be used to measure the variance in signals from the phones to the base or cell towers. With the right data analysis, it may be possible to measure this signal strength variation to know when it's raining or even how heavily. This could lead to micro-weather or rain reports street by street and automatically telling mobile phone users. The 5G network will be much faster and see an explosion in internet-based appliances. It will be trialled in South Korea this year and by 2020 is expected to be a globally standardised, commercially usable network. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Tying the ribbon, it's the social scene for August-September, August 27 in VK2, Sarkfest Show, Tell and Sell Day. September 9 in VK4, Sunfest, held at the Wombai School of Arts Building, 9am. September 9 to 10 in VK4, it's Alara Meet in Cairns. And September 10 in VK3, Shepparton Hamfest, St Augustine's Hall, Ore Street. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.